0: Hey everybody, it's Ethan. wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Contenders Clothing. Contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. At Contenders, they feature a collection of amazingly designed men's boxer briefs inspired by our athletic heroes and champions. Their boxer briefs use ride control technology, which prevents the underwear from riding up on the leg. Their design and creative partners are John and Mike Anderson, who are the founders of Tank Farm men's apparel line, and retail stores in Seal Beach and Huntington Beach, California. At Contenders, they also have an initiative called Everyday Contenders, where they give back to those who are fighting for something. The most recent cause was A Second Chance, and they're in the process of delivering underwear, hats, and t-shirts to Blessed Mary o Friends, which is a sober recovery assistance program. At Contenders, they really love to give back as well as provide great, underwear hats and t-shirts so check them out contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life
1: listen up everybody you wear underwear every single day of your life or well i guess i should say most of us do so if you do it's time to try something better me undies has created the world's most comfortable underwear it's a blend of fabric that's three times three times three times softer than cotton hey when you feel awesome from the inside out, you're gonna look awesome from the outside in. When you upgrade your undies game, everybody wins. Life just feels better in me undies. Me undies is once again made from a fabric that's three times softer than cotton, called Modal. It has tons of colors, tons of patterns, classic, bold, adventurous. Whatever you're looking for, me undies has your hookup. Hala, if you hear me. Oh, by the way, they're the only brand to have matching pairs for men and women. I wear just plain black boxer briefs right now. They make me feel cool. They make me feel confident. That's an important combination. Oh, and by the way, once again, all orders in the U.S. and Canada are going to ship for free. But hey, if you're not sure, you think, oh, I don't know, I don't want to just try it and lose my money. Guess what? If you don't love your first pair, but I really think you will, me undies will pay you back. Plus, you can keep the pair for free. There will be no questions asked. I tried my first pair, and it passed the test, and now I have a monthly subscription. But you could also score some additional savings by purchasing a pack, if you're not quite sure, if you want to just kind of dip your toes in before you dive in. But here's the important part, guys. For a limited time, MeUndies.com is offering you 20% off your first order if you head to MeUndies.com slash TheWrestlingLife. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash TheWrestlingLife. If you don't love it, your first pair, it's free. You really don't have an excuse not to try our favorite brand of underwear. So make sure you go to MeUndies.com slash life. That way they know we sent you. It's good for MeUndies. It's good for us. Most importantly, it's good for you. Everybody wins. So once again, that's MeUndies.com slash
2: life. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at OBPApparel.com.
0: Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 104. Welcome to the Audio Festival of Friendship. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, I feel like I have not talked to you in about a month. Uh, We have texted, we talked two weeks ago, I saw you a little over two weeks ago. I feel like we haven't talked about wrestling or anything in like years. It feels like a ton has happened since we last did a show. There's a new WWE champion. There was a very noteworthy Monday Night Raw this week to talk about SmackDown. Some very interesting booking on SmackDown this week. I don't have a a, a real solid roadmap for where we want to go here. I know I promised on Twitter I would tell a story about uh, meeting Mike Sempervivi from the uh, from Wrestling Observer live at a Ring of Honor show about five years ago. Uh, just to stir up a little. Uh, Uh, feud with a a show that doesn't know that we exist. Um, There's just, there's lots to get into. Uh, I don't know. Let's start with Elimination Chamber. I don't necessarily want to go match by match on that show, but uh, this is the first WWE pay-per-view that I didn't watch live in a long time, and I watched it on demand and thought it was, except for the main event and Randy Orton and Luke Harper, I thought it was just a waste of my time, Uh, but those two matches were great. Uh, What did you think of Elimination Chamber?
1: Yeah, I think that was, uh, I think not worth your time is a good way of saying it because the top two matches were good and uh, I really enjoyed Harper and Orton because I think just for the novelty of seeing a different guy in like a top main event match, um, seems like the first time in a while that we've gotten that, uh, gotten the chance to see a guy who it was definitely kind of a showcase match for Luke Harper and um, so that was a lot of fun, but, you know, is it anything I'm going to remember in three weeks? Probably not. Um, you know, the chamber match was good. They, they put Bray Wyatt over probably about as strong as they could. They had him pin AJ and Cena clean with his move, you know, no controversy there. And, uh, uh it was, you know, it's hard to be mad at a show when, uh, you know, when it has two really good matches on it. But man, this, I mean, that undercard, that was, that Nikki Bella match was hideous and the finish was terrible. Um, the Dolph Ziggler stuff is the worst feud in wrestling by a wide margin. Um, the, uh, the opener, Mickey James and uh, Becky Lynch was okay, but very forgettable to me. And uh, I, lo- uh, I did, I liked the Naomi and Alexa Bliss match, actually. I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was anything spectacular, but it was also, it was just kind of a nice moment. And then Naomi, I liked them doing the post-match promos, kind of like UFC with uh, with the winner. And, uh, you know, her just, you know, legitimately being excited to win a championship in 2017. That was pretty cool. It's, it's nice to have, you know, we, we, we talk all the time about how Goldberg's like the last real baby face in wrestling and. Apparently, it's also the uh, the SmackDown women baby faces are also, uh, are they're getting there. You know, they're happy and they smile and they just get to talk about how much they love wrestling and love the fans and how they're just going to give it their all every time they're out there. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was a feel good moment. So I can't say I hated the show or anything, but yeah, this is this I, if this is the most forgettable show of the year, I would not be surprised. What did you think?
0: Yeah, n- not not. Not worth my time uh, I love that main event and you you hit on a few things there actually that that kind of triggered uh, some talking points <laughs> some of my my pet talking points here uh, I want to talk about Becky and Mickey um Becky is like and that kind of dovetails with my not quite fully level um, obsession with women's wrestling but I think I like <laughs> I think I, I prefer women's wrestling at this point because the heels are heels, and the babyfaces are just classic babyfaces for the most part. They aren't cutting these sarcastic, um, wannabe Dwayne Johnson in nineteen ninety nine promos. Uh, the the babyfaces cut babyface promos, and they wrestle babyface matches. And um, so, I was kind of aghast when Becky and Mickey were out there working uh, in the opener. And it sounded like it, You would you would have thought that the crowd was attending a memorial service of some kind. Uh, they were they were sitting on their hands. Becky's like the third best, just baby face character in wrestling. I think <laughs> she's up there at least. And just nothing. And I don't know how much of that it was just the weird crowd. It was kind of a weird crowd all night. Or how much of it was Mojo Rawley and Kurt Hawkins going out there on the pre-show and stinking it up? <laughs> <laughs> or how much of it is... I, I, re- I really respect Mickey James, and I think she's really good, but she seems to be just like a hair slower or something than uh, the people that she's been in there with to this point on this WWE run. And I think... Mechanically she can get the job done, but maybe athletically she's just a step slow. The match is a little clunky. D do, do you, have you caught any of that? Or does that make
1: any sense? Yeah, yeah, I'd say there's something missing. Um the match when she came back to the NXT show and wrestled Asuka, um, I thought was really, really good. And maybe that's because Asuka was kind of playing the heel and maybe doing a little bit more of a deliberate pace so that when Mickey made her comebacks and stuff, it was, you know, it was at Mickey's speed, not Asuka's necessarily. And, uh, but now, obviously obviously now you have her kind of playing a heel That could be part of it too. Just having her, you know, she's, you know, anybody that's been around for as long as she has is going to have a certain amount of goodwill with the fans, I think. And so I don't know, maybe people just don't really want to boo her. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's there's there's something off there. You know, it could be it could be an issue where it's just something she just needs a little to work off a little bit of the rust or get back into that type of style. And certainly working with Becky Lynch every night is gonna you know should inform us very quickly over whether or not she can you know whether or not she's just needs some practice or whether or not she's lost a step.
0: I thought I thought that main event was fantastic on that Elimination Chamber show. Um, it sounds like maybe I liked it a little more than you did, but I thought they they did some innovative uh, stuff, some innovative spots in the chamber. It was a redesigned chamber. It looks like they put a little padding down uh, in there so the guys aren't bumping on like steel grates, which is probably for in everyone's best interest. Um, and they did some wild dives off the pods and stuff but it was you know generally cross bodies onto three or four guys Um, except Dean doing uh, an elbow and landing on Cena and landing on his feet Dean is moving so slow he just looks like everything he does is it it hurts (laughs) just looks like he looks like he's in intense pain to me Um, but yeah I love that main event and I'm not what do you think about going with Wyatt like talk a little bit more about this as we talk about build to Wrestlemania I like that there's a lot of long-term planning right now the problem is it's planning for matches I don't want to see um and Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton's kind of the top of the list of things I I appreciate the effort but I don't want to see what do you think of going with Bray Wyatt as WWE champion
1: it's uh it's three years too late um (laughs) that's that's pretty much all I got for that um no it's it's a shame. I mean, he's he's obviously he puts in the work. He's he's a great character, and it's it's a good idea. I mean, we talked for months about how the the main event scene on SmackDown was basically just AJ and Dean Ambrose, and sometimes John Cena. So I'm all for getting guys up into that top mix, um, and I'm I'm not even so much against you know Bray and or Randy Orton being in the title match at WrestleMania. I just don't want them wrestling each other. Um, I thought the last, the last few minutes of the chamber, when it was just AJ and Bray Wyatt, I was like, I'd watch AJ and Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. That sounds awesome. And then I thought, or well, AJ could win the title, and I'd watch Randy Orton and, and AJ Styles. That would be awesome. But yeah, Bray, the, so I think it's right now it's the, the combination of, uh, of Bray and Randy uh, might, might be the problem. I, I'm, I'm with you there.
0: And uh, AJ will be wrestling Shane the Shooter. And uh, I can't figure out what they're doing storyline-wise here on SmackDown now with Orton coming out at the end of SmackDown and saying that he is um, loyal to Bray and won't wrestle him at WrestleMania. And so now there's a battle royal on SmackDown next week to determine Bray Wyatt's opponent for WrestleMania. I assume this is all storyline and we're still getting Randy and Bray at Mania. But uh, I'm intrigued... At the same time, I don't necessarily like screwing with um with one of your main programs and like uh promising it and then pulling it back and then ultimately you're gonna deliver it anyway. This is what they did with um Sean and Undertaker and Brett and Vince, I think, at um uh, WrestleMania twenty-six. Mm-hmm. And, and that came the night after uh George St. Pierre pay-per-view and it did horribly on pay-per-view for that reason but i think a little bit of it too was well you promised the fans one thing at the end of january and then because you got to tell your stories (laughs) because they're they those things weren't happening and then they happened anyway uh i don't know like what do you think about the kind of the twist here in the in the road to WrestleMania in, in that storyline?
1: Well, yeah, if you remember um, for mo- a little bit more of a recent example, they did this with Randy and Seth Rollins two years ago, where, you know, they had, in, like, October, Seth curb-stomped him through cinder blocks or something, and then when Randy came back, he, like, rejoined the authority for three weeks, and then he did the big turn on Seth. So, uh, yeah, I think doing the... The fake out, oh, maybe we're gonna do something different. Oh, wait, no, we're not. Uh, is kind of is kind of silly. Um, I mean, to me, you do the battle royal. Uh, you do one of two things: either you're setting up a challenger for the month after WrestleMania, uh, whether that's eight, you know, AJ or Luke Harper or Cena, if you can convince him to stay around for another month. Um, whoever you know, whoever wins, or you know, unless they've decided to make it a, a triple threat with somebody. Um which again would probably be AJ or or Luke Harper. But um, certainly, I mean, having Luke Harper attack Bray Wyatt on SmackDown this week before the title match would tell me that he's somehow going to factor into uh, this, this storyline going forward, whether or not that's just a TV program for, so Bray has a guy to beat, you know, to, to get him ready for Orton. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you got, you've got 6 weeks of television left before mania so you could potentially do a a title match on smackdown and then still just do brain brain randy on uh on the pay-per-view but uh yeah i don't know it's uh yeah i don't i don't really like when they when they when they uh when they get a little uh trigger shy and they they start yes as you say trying to tell their stories
0: Speaking of their storytelling, um, Dolph Ziggler, the heel, uh, lost to, to in, a, in a two-on-one unfair match uh, to the babyfaces on that show, Kalisto and Apollo Cruz, and then he pillmanized Apollo Cruz after. Um, so no one got over. That sucked. And uh, American Alpha are a great team, and they've now cleaned out the SmackDown Tag Division. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are they
1: doing? Why did the Usos lose that match? Uh, because they're not good at things. Um, yeah, I don't, I, it was uh, it was a very strange uh, it was a very strange night. Uh, the doll stuff is as I think I've already mentioned is pretty much the the worst the worst story in wrestling in a while. I think. Um, even down to stuff where like he'll hit one of either uh, Kalisto or Cruz with a chair. And the crowd will chant one more time. And all Dolph, as the heel, has to do is raise the chair and then not hit him again. And then the crowd will boo him because he's the heel and it's his job to get booed. But Dolph is bad at everything. And so he has to hit him anyway and then stomp on his ankles and stuff like that and get the crowd. Yes, Dolph is more over as a babyface now than he was before he turned. Uh, so that's that's a failure on yeah. on his part, uh, but more importantly, it's not really because it's you know I'm sure he's just doing what he's told. Um, so it's whoever's whoever's writing this, whoever's booking this. If it's, if it's if it's Road Dog, if it's Vince McMahon, if it's Ryan Moore, whoever's you know whoever's writing SmackDown these days, just I I, I don't know what they're doing. But uh, and the uh, the uh, the American Alpha stuff, it's like yeah they, I mean. <laughs> Uh, I thought when the Ascension won that tag match on SmackDown the week before the pay-per-view, and then you had them come out as the last team after, uh, after the Usos do the beatdown, I was like, okay, so you're going to give the titles to the Ascension, and then they didn't, and the so even though the Usos beat up American Alpha, uh, the Alpha <laughs> American Alpha still pinned them, and then went on to pin the Ascension. So. Yeah, I mean, I just I just keep assuming that we're getting the revival up there soon, or we're getting uh, I don't I you know somebody like uh, I I don't know, or they they've got to like they got to make a team like uh, uh, of heels, like they got to pick two guys and just put them together as a team because they it seems like now they're now they're going to go back to doing the usos and and american alpha. It's like okay, I've already seen american alpha pin you guys, so it's yeah, it's just. Just very strange. Like I, yeah, I don't. I just think whoever's writing, whoever's writing SmackDown right now is, has got some real weird ideas on what he thinks is going to get people over, and that that extends to the Nikki Bella and Natalia stuff, and that extends to uh, you know, the other two things, the other two examples you use. It's just, it's just been a weird, not very good show for the last month or so.
0: Monday Night Raw this week. Normally, I find Raw a chore to get through. Uh, I thought Raw this week... Admittedly, I only saw the Hulu 90-minute version of the show. I did not see Enzo Amore wrestling Cesaro (laughs) (laughs) and uh, doing stuff that guys on their first day of wrestling school probably wouldn't do in the ring. Uh, I missed that, but I thought at least the 90-minute version of Raw was the best Raw all time all my life. Like At least, I don't know, at least the best Raw of this year. I'm hard pressed to think of a better one. I don't know in the last six months at least. And I'm going to be talking about the festival of friendship for the rest of my natural life. I'm <laughs> of that. I am certain, uh, we'll start with some less exciting stuff. Roman and Braun. Braun laid out Roman this week. Uh, what do you think of, uh, of the booking of Braun and Roman? Roman's done some jobs here lately and then got laid out this week. Um, I I don't know I don't know where this is going. Braun and uh Roman and Fastlane, Roman and Taker at Mania. I don't know where Braun fits at Mania. Um but what do you think of, of the Roman and Braun stuff?
1: Um I think they're they're still doing pretty well with getting Braun over. They had him they're having him beat large men. They're having a, they had him beat up Mark Henry and they're excuse me. They're and again, they're gonna have him run through the big show this coming week. And uh, uh, so I, I like the Braun stuff. I mean, they have, <laughs> but it's like, okay, so he beat Mark Henry and then Roman runs down to try to attack him and he just beats up Roman. So you're setting up, uh, to me, it's just, we're setting up Roman's going to overcome the odds again and, and beat Braun at fast lane. I think that's where we're at it. Um, you could, you could do something. I know you, you talked about the idea of doing a double turn on our last show, I believe. Or of, I mean, there's the obvious thing, which is, you know, Roman has Braun down, and then the uh, the Undertaker's music hits, and and uh, Roman is laid out, and Braun gets the the win. But uh, yeah, I think uh, it comes to my head right now. Uh, Roman's win clean with a spear at at Fastlane.
0: I really like the sit down they did with Cole and Samoa Joe this week. And I generally like everything they've done with Samoa Joe so far. Uh, how do you feel about Samoa Joe's booking to this point?
1: Yeah, he's awesome. He, he walked onto that show and he's, if he's not, uh, if it weren't for, (laughs) if it weren't for Jericho and Owens, uh, he'd be the best guy on the show by a wide margin. um, but, yeah, he was awesome, and uh, they're setting up him and Sami Zayn, which is it's kind of one of those things. I think we talked about this maybe two or three, you know, maybe a month ago, where it's like Sami Zayn is like their number three baby face, and then Seth got hurt. So now, like, Sami Zayn is their number two baby face, and that's only if you count Roman as a baby face, which is suspect. So it's like Sami's like, yeah, so they're kind, of, uh, they're kind of forced to do something with Sami Zayn now, which is good because he's awesome. Um, I like the match with Rusev. I like the idea you have him beat the big, a big mean bully to get ready for the bigger, meaner bully. Um, and then you had you, know, you had Joe beat him up. So that's that's an easy the underdog versus bully storyline is uh, is easy to tell. And it appears that uh, Joe will be involved with Hunter and Kevin Owens as well. So. Um, I swear to god, if we end up with like Triple H against Goldberg at SummerSlam, I'm gonna burn Stanford, Connecticut to the ground.
0: <laughs> but, all right. Just just to remind you, this is this is recorded and it will be posted on the internet for all time, probably. If we figure hypoth- out where to post it.
1: Hypothetical s- situations are not uh admissible on court, so that's cool. All
0: right. Roll tide. Um I've been listening to way too much of something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard uh, lately this week. And I uh, just listen plug for a show that if you go into it knowing what it is and it's the host Conrad doing a really, really good job of hosting a show. And if you take everything Bruce Pritchard says with a grain of salt and realize that he's. Um, probably full of crap. It's really enjoyable. I'm really enjoying that show, but that Roll Tide is, a uh, you know, I mean, Conrad didn't invent it, but anyway, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying that lately. Um, uh, maybe have you, have you given that a listen,
1: Liam? Uh, no, I don't think I will ever willingly listen to anything Bruce Pritchard has to say. So. Um I'm gonna give that a hard pass. I, I may listen to uh Conrad's new show with Tony Shavani though. I uh I'm excited. Even though he blocked the TWL account on Twitter, despite the fact that I don't believe I ever tweeted him. Shavani? Yeah.
0: Alright.
1: Huh. Uh it, it could be because I love I love and retweet and favorite the Tony Shavani parody account so often. Um I, I don't know that for sure. Yeah. That's the only thing I can guess, but it's it's all in good fun. I love you, Tony.
0: Um blah, blah, blah I want to talk about the Festival of Friendship last year. Bailey won the Raw Women's Championship. My heart was about to explode after seeing the Festival of Friendship and then immediately seeing Bailey win the Raw Women's Championship after. Uh what did you think of the decision to put the title on Bailey on Monday Night Raw?
1: I mean the obvious thing is to say, "Oh, they should have waited till WrestleMania, blah 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 blah." And look, like, People are probably right. They're probably right to say that. But to me, I'm okay with you doing it on Raw. Um, What I'm not okay with is if you just take the belt off her in three weeks. And I've said this many times, and I'm going to say it every week. It's like, if you want Bailey to be the next John Cena, then you should book her more like John Cena and less like 2013 Daniel Bryan. Um, I know they think that's just how you get – people over now is you just beat them and beat them and you switch and you get them, give them the title for a couple weeks and then you screw them out of it and then they get it back and then you screw them out of it again. Like I know that's how they think getting over works now. It's like, if you want, if you want somebody to be a, a top superstar, book them like you have booked top superstars of the past. So if she just loses it back to Charlotte in three weeks, then I will say this was definitively a terrible mistake. But uh, so I'm just going to file this one under a wheel C that all being said, it was a really good match. Uh, Charlotte's awesome. Bailey's awesome. Uh, Dana Brooke and Sasha Banks played their parts very well. Um, you, you, I, I think we're probably, I think it's, it seems pretty obvious for, we're going to get, you know, Sasha and Bailey, you know, to rekindle that feud somewhere down the line. Maybe that's SummerSlam. Maybe that's, you know, the month after WrestleMania, if they don't want to wait that long. Um, but we're, you know, we're going to get that feud somewhere down the line. So having Sasha involved, um, you had Nia Jax pin Bailey the week before she won the title. So theoretically, if you wanted to keep Charlotte and Bailey apart until WrestleMania, you could do Nia and Bailey at the next show, um, and then do whatever at WrestleMania. So there's a lot. They have a lot of options. But so I will just say, I like it. I'm okay with it. I just don't want to see her lose it for like a year.
0: I think you're right. And generally your point about baby faces, making top baby faces is right. Hogan didn't do any jobs. Austin didn't do any jobs. <laughs> the Rock is a very unique case in the history of wrestling. Rock did a lot of jobs. Uh, but yeah, Cena has historically not done a lot of jobs. Um but yeah, I think like as you touched on, I think they think they got they got Daniel Bryan over. And they, they think they're gonna get Bailey over. But um. All right. I think we've put off talking about it as long as possible. The festival of friendship, greatest segment in the history of RAW.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> from from start to finish, especially. If...
0: Hang on. <laughs> that's CM Pug in the background. That's
1: that's my dog CM Pug. Hi, Flash.
0: <laughs> it's a good pod. Yep. So the festival of friendship greatest segment in the history of raw
1: yeah, I think it's if it's not it's it's darn near close um, you know we've we've sung the praises for I think a long time about the the Owen and Jericho stuff and if you want to argue that you know these guys are the top two heels and they shouldn't be doing so much comedy and all this stuff, it's like maybe you're right, but I think all of that silliness made the turn even better um made it even more shocking even more jarring um it was great it was jericho hamming it up to a great degree. the only regret i have is that when the the las vegas show tune music plays jericho comes out in a sparkly jack uh sparkly blazer and they in a sparkly fedora that Jericho did not immediately start singing like a show tune version of his theme or something. <laughs> um, that's that's maybe the only thing I would have thought would have made it better. Um, but yes, they had they had showgirls. There was uh, the sculpt of Jericho. Um, there was the the, <laughs> the creation of Adam with Kevin Owens in all white gear and Jericho in his tights. Um, <laughs> which Jericho suggested he hang above his fireplace uh, Gilbert coming out and Owens just beating the tar out of him um, and the best part of it all is like and why I think it, it worked so well is that the whole time and especially like when Goldberg is about to come out and Owens is getting getting all jacked up and psyched up to you know to, to beat up Goldberg and that's it's, it's a joke it's another joke and he's so like you know I thought this was all like an elaborate, a devious evil plot by, by Jericho to get Goldberg out here so we could beat him up and go and Jericho very just calmly and just explains, no, I just love you, man. And I wanted to tell you how, and I wanted to throw you a festival to tell you that you're my best friend. (laughs) And it's like in that moment, his, his motives became so pure and so genuine and it's like, and your heart starts to break. It's like, no, I just wanted. It's like, it's like it wasn't an evil heel plot. It wasn't. There wasn't some kind of bait and switch where it was really a, you know, some heel move. It's like, no, he just wanted to tell his best friend that he loved him like a brother, and that he wanted to give him <laughs> gifts. Like, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And uh, so then, of course, you get you get Owens. Giving him Jericho his gift. Um, the very the slow reveal of uh, Jericho pulls out Oh it's a new list, it looks great. You know, the old one's getting beat up and and then it's like he slowly looks at it and it's like he's not he doesn't immediately sell, like he doesn't immediately understand what's going on. He's you know, hey, how come my name's on this list? And then he flips the clipboard up slowly so that the cameras get a nice touch. Tight shot of the list of KO, and you just see the demeanor, like all of the emotion, leave Kevin Owens' face. Slowly drops the mic and drops his belt, and beats the tar out of Chris Jericho. Power bombs him on the apron, and then they do their homage to the Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho segment from almost a decade ago now because we're old. Um, of where Jericho threw Shawn Michaels through the TV. To, to kick off their incredible feud. And, uh, you know, a decade later here, Owens thro- is the one throwing Jericho uh, through the TV. Just, it was perfect, man. And the, the, the piece de resistance, right, as, as Owens is giving him the power bomb, he throws him back in the ring. He's about to grab him and throw him into the TV. He grabs him by, like, his, both sides of his face. He looks in his eyes and just says, I hate you. And then he throws him in. And throws him in the TV. It's just like, oh my gosh! It it broke my heart. It was heartbreakingly great. It's like this guy just wanted to throw a festival to tell his best friend that he loved him and how proud he was to be his best friend. And this guy <laughs> was just using him all along to keep his belt. And when he no long and now that. Hunter, maybe, you know, I assume it'll be revealed that Hunter's going to, you know, have Samoa Joe backing him up. So now that, and now as soon as Jericho had outlived his usefulness, Owens just kicked him to the curb because he's an evil, mean bully at the end of all of this comedy, at the end of all of this silliness. He's really just a bad person. And he just, and he broke my heart and he broke Chris Jericho's heart. And he also broke his face. And he's just like, oh man, it's it's the greatest. It's one of the greatest angles I've ever seen. It's de- I think it's one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. Like, I, uh, you know, part of that comes from my personal love for the Jericho and Owens pairing. You know, I wasn't I wasn't alive when uh, when they did the Rocker split. Um, I was I was very young during like uh, you know when Triple H turned on Shawn in two thousand two. Um, you know, a lot of these great breakup angles I was either young for or they just I just wasn't very invested in them. But this was like, you know, they've been they've been teaming since before SummerSlam. So it's just it built up so long. These guys are just the two best friends. Jericho just loves this guy, loves being this guy's friend. And then Kevin Owens, as soon as Jericho is no longer of use to him, just kicks him to the curb and beats the crap out of him. So, oh man. That's like that's why you put up with 3 hour raws and crappy dq finishes and that's why you sit through raw in November and December when they stop trying that's why you sit through 7 hour royal rumbles and pre shows with sam roberts and all this stuff like that's why you sit through all the crap because you get nuggets like this that are just beautiful storytelling just perfect. Everybody was so fricking perfect in this segment. I can I will never ever be able to run out of good things to say, but uh, I've spoken for like five minutes uninterrupted now. So uh, I will throw it over to you and get your sort of long, long form thoughts on the, on the matter. But yeah, needless to say, if it's not the greatest segment of all time, objectively, it might be my personal favorite segment in the history of wrestling. So just amazing just great job everybody it's
0: it's top 5 angles that the company's ever done um and i've you know got almost 30 years of watching this company now uh i can say it's one of the five best angles the company's ever done um, drive by on sam roberts aside uh you did not mention which is <laughs> <laughs> who also played his part uh, to perfection. Um, I can't add a whole lot to what you said, other than savor this, everybody, these things it's been 10 years since the last great one. (laughs) It's been 10 years since, you know, or nine years since the last uh, great feud of this, uh, of this magnitude. And I don't think the, the audience is not as invested in because they've been conditioned not to be invested in this next generation of stars coming up. They're more invested in the brand than in any individual star. And so part of part of why this worked and why there was an audible gasp from the crowd as Jericho raised the list of KO is because Jericho has 20 years of TV time <laughs> and 20 years of goodwill built up with the people and I just don't see, I think wrestling may have peaked on Monday is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it may be, all, I think it may be all downhill from, from forever from here on. Um, just because, yeah, I, I don't see anything coming close to that or people caring about a performer, uh, uh, goodwill for a performer as, you know, 20 years of Jericho. Um, So that was just, yeah, it was phenomenal. It's one of the, one of the greatest segments in the history of raw and, uh, yep. That's the festival of friendship. I'll never forget it. We will never stop talking about it. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. It was, it's just, again, it's just like, it's, it's just as close as it's it's not perfect. If it's not perfect, it's uh it's darn near close. And it was just, it's one of those things. And we talked about that. I think on our, on our, you know, we, Usually we talk about the the you know, that on our year end show about how you know you 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 kind of have to sift through some crappy stuff and the shows are too long sometimes and but man it's just there's just nothing like it there's nothing like a great professional wrestling match or a great professional wrestling angle and this it was one of the greatest ever if not the greatest so yeah it was a it was a heck of a good week for uh, for. <laughs> For, for WWE for professional wrestling in general. I know new, new Japan had a great show over the weekend. I, I haven't had a chance to see anything from it, but I'll probably see it in six months when it's on access television. Um, but I know that, you know, a lot of, a lot of great stuff happened in professional wrestling. Ring of honor has been uh, building up for their, uh, many weekend shows. I'm pretty interested in, uh, where they're going with, uh, the Adam Cole, uh, Christopher Daniels match. And, uh, which may inform Adam Cole's future in Ring of Honor as well. Um, So just, yeah. And then all that aside, you just get like one of the greatest angles of all time on Raw this week. Man, pro wrestling's pretty rad, man.
0: It is indeed. You mentioned ROH, and I hesitate to do this because I have nothing but goodwill for everyone this week. But uh, it came up with our friend uh, Stinky on Twitter, so... I thought I'd tell the story of meeting Mike Sempervivi from the Wrestling Observer Live show uh, at a Ring of Honor show a few years ago. So, uh, pull up a chair, everybody. Very quick story. Um, Ring of Honor taped television every month in Baltimore, um, about a three-minute walk from where I was living at the time. And so, I went to virtually every Ring of Honor television taping, however long they taped uh, in that building like 2011 12 13 i don't know it was a lot of, a lot of a lot of four hour ring of Honor shows that i went to <laughs> so um mike samper vivi does a pretty nice job hosting uh, wrestling observer live with brian alvarez over at wrestling and on um, sirius and a million radio stations it's a good show it's a, it, they do a nice job of covering the news of the day it's a really good show. Mike does a really nice job on that show. If you're a subscriber to Wrestling Observer, Mike has done a lot of great audio there over the last few years. Wonderful guy, I'm sure. <laughs> However, when I met him, when I met him, he, tra- he kind of tried to big time me a little bit. Um, so I was uh, gonna. You're gonna have to follow behind me here and pick up all the names I'm gonna drop. But uh, <laughs> so. One night there, I met uh, I met Sarah Del Rey very briefly, and I uh, I met Lance Storm, and I was uh, I was talking to Lance to Lance Storm. Uh, Lance Storm they brought in Lance Storm. Uh, I think he wrestled Mike Bennett. I think I saw him wrestle Mike Bennett. Um, and Lance was only doing a couple matches a year at the time. Uh, he's done a bunch of matches since, or a handful of matches since, but he cut a retirement promo uh, just in case like he didn't have any plans to do anything anytime soon after that. So he cut a retirement promo and uh, anyway, so I was kind of wandering the concourse in between uh, hours of television taping and I'll be damned if Lance storm isn't standing there drinking a bottle of water. So I went to Lance, said Lance, uh, really, hey, really great match. Really enjoyed it. Thanks very much. And uh, he's kind of looking at me a little funny, but he says, thanks, and shake his hand, and they say, and uh, I'm a uh, Wrestling Observer subscriber. And he his face lit up, and we talked about Wrestling Observer site for a minute, and then um, a dude and his wife, I think, uh, came over and stood next to me and we were in interrupted the conversation and just started carrying on a conversation of their own with Lance and uh, say, so, Oh, Hey, I heard you mention the observer or something like that. Uh, Do you know who I am or, <laughs> or, or, or something along those lines. And um, I think f- for some reason in my head, he's wearing a Peyton Manning Jersey, um, which is strange because I think Semper Vivi's is a Falcons fan. Yes. Um but in fairness to in, in fairness to him it might have been like a vintage Baltimore Colts jersey but I think for for some reason in my head it it's a it's a Peyton Manning jersey. But uh he's like uh do you recognize me? <laughs> or or wow. do you know who I am? Do you know who I am or something like that? And I'm like um But I <laughs> <laughs> And he's like uh do you um are you familiar with the Adam and Mike big audio nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, the guy brings up not like the radio show that he does that's on a zillion radio stations all over the world, the most listen to wrestling <laughs> audio show <laughs> on the planet. He brings up the, the 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 much smaller um passion project that he does on that site. So he's kind Where he talks about hockey.
1: Just to interrupt.
0: Where he talks about hockey in Japanese.
1: Sure. Just for a second. So the idea is like he's trying to tell if you're like a true fan. If you're like a hardcore fan amongst I, I, the hardcore fans that are paying for wrestling podcasts. Like are you hardcore enough? I,
0: I don't I don't know what the hell it was to be honest with you. I think I, I don't know if you I think I think he just wanted to talk to Lance, which is cool. But like,
1: I was talking to Lance, you know? Right. (laughs) So (laughs) he will probably have more opportunities to speak to Lance storm in his life than you will in yours. Sure.
0: And it's not like I was monopolizing Lance's time. I had probably been speaking to him for 25 seconds. Right. (laughs) And, and then this dude comes over and is like, do you know who I am? (laughs) Like, no, should I? And he's like, do You listen to the do you listen to the Adam and Mike Big Audio Nightmare? I'm like, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, how about Wrestling Observer Live? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, Mike Sempervivi, how you doing, man? Or something along those right. lines. And I shake his hand, and then he just co-ops my conversation with Lance and starts talking to Lance about like I don't know, something, I, I don't know what it was. It wasn't like, it, it was it was something to do with wrestling, but it was just like, I was out, Semper Sempervivi was in, I was out. <laughs> uh-huh. So, eventually, after about 30 seconds of standing there like a goober, Hey Lance, thanks for coming to Baltimore, really appreciate it. And I left. <laughs> cool. So, that's... That's my Mike Vivi story. He kind of almost sort of big time to me at a ring of honor show uh, five years ago, <laughs> but I think he does a great job on
1: that show. Do you think maybe it was his own awkward way of like trying to let Lance know who he was? Cause like, I don't know if that Lance would know like his face yes. and he didn't want to just come I'm up sure. and be, and he couldn't play that game with Lance and he didn't want to come up and be like, Hi, I'm I'm Mike Samarie. So he wanted to act like, oh, look at look at me being this cool guy meeting an observer fan. I think anyway, let's chat with Lance Storm here. So he used I'm, you. I'm I, you I were
0: think a prop. You, you hit the nail on, you, you hit the nail on the head. He didn't mean any any ill will by it, I'm sure. And I was kind of unintentionally a dick to him by saying, No, I have I don't listen to your show. Um <laughs> But I mean, he did. He asked,
1: <laughs> right? Well, so, I mean, um, at that point, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe start with Wrestling Observer Live when uh, when when you introduce yourself. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you so would have known he the, wasn't Brian Alvarez. So,
0: yes, yes, I,
1: yes. <laughs> so if you opened with Wrestling Observer Live, you would have been like, "Oh my gosh. Then it would have been a little less, a little less weird. So he just he just kind of made things weird and and used you as a prop to introduce himself to Lance Storm. Whether intentionally or unintentionally. Yes, that,
0: yes, that's how it went. Like I said, I'm sure he means no ill will by it. I'm a fan. I enjoy that site. I even enjoy his work on that site. Except for the Adam and Mike big audio nightmare, which I still don't listen to.
1: I feel like I feel like I've listened maybe like half of one and they were talking about like capitals hockey and like i was like i i i don't know who's this yeah. i mean i know like i know like brian alvarez does a does like yeah like and carl stern do like at you know the the paranormal shows and stuff and, at, and that's on a wrestling website it's like at least they like you know are i don't know more interesting i don't know maybe maybe just paranormal subjects interest me more than hockey does but it's just like, I like i don't i don't know who the 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 hockey talk is is marketed at but but again, uh, you know, I'm I'm not one to judge. If that's if that's your bag, that's uh that's fine. It's you know, we all we all have different things that we like.
0: So that's the story. That's all I got. Uh, I that's all I got this week. Got anything else on you?
1: No, I think <laughs> can't end on a higher note than uh than famed wrestling podcaster uh big leaguing you at Ring of Honor tapings on at the Dew Burns Arena. Uh <laughs> it's not it's not getting any higher than that. Uh, maybe maybe we should have talked about that before the festival of friendship, uh, before the Super Bowl of love that we just had for the festival <laughs> of friendship. But uh, but you know you know sometimes sometimes the formatting doesn't work out. It's when you, we don't we don't follow a rigid uh, script or format. We just kind of try to talk and have have real kind of you know at least somewhat organic conversations on this show. So. You know what? I think I think there was more good than bad this week, so let's end it let's end it on a high note. Good job, Us.
0: Till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the Wrestling Life.
2: Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com.
0: just want to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Kill Killcliff. They have a great line of workout recovery beverages. They have cool athletic apparel there. And uh, I'm sampling some of their Sweet Mojo cold brew. This stuff is delicious.
1: Yeah, they're, they're a great company, and they're, they've are been nice enough to uh, supply us with, with some free swag and some, some free cold brew. It's, it's a great... Great company, and uh, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, their portion of their proceeds go to charity. Am I
0: right? Ethan? That's correct. A uh, portion of the Kilcliffs proceeds go to the Navy SEAL Foundation. They are an official partner of that. So, if you want to get some uh, get some cold brew, get some recovery beverages. If you're uh, into CrossFit, I know they sponsor CrossFit athletes. Uh, I'm sure there's something for you at KillCliff.com so shout out to our friends at KillCliff also want to give a qu- quick shout out to our friends at Grapple Merch, you can check them out at grapple.bigcartel.com you can use the code WrestlingLife and get a great deal on some wrestling merchandise there this is wrestling merchandise that you can be proud to wear in public uh, Not uh, there's a lot of uh, wrestling merchandise that, I don't know, you'd be ashamed to to be seen wearing in public this stuff is not that so if you want some cool wrestling merch that you can wear and not have to feel ashamed about in front of your friends you can check them out at grapple.bigcartel.com and use the code Wrestling Life so they know we sent you
1: I don't, uh, I don't sleep much these days. So it's still going on. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's what it is. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, uh, tried some, you know, generic cheap sleep medication and that helps a little bit, but uh, it's it's the stay asleep thing. That's the problem. It's not so much getting to sleep as it is the staying asleep part, but. Huh. Oh, well, I'll, uh, I'll figure something out. Yikes. Or I Go won't. Ahead. And I'll just be tired for the rest of my life. One of those two things will happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't uh, have a real great roadmap before we're going. So, uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's just talk. About, I mean, I got a, a general
1: idea, but let's just talk about wrestling. Okay, it'll make for good bonus material. <laughs> I'm just gonna, just gonna wait for a minute. Do you have any non-sequitur wrestling talk we can do in the meantime for the bonus features? <sighs>
0: I don't really have any uh, non-wrestling stuff this week. Uh, planning a wedding. I Anna's given me like 5% of the wedding to plan, and it's awful. It's the worst thing I've ever <laughs> experienced in my life. She's doing 95% She's doing ninety-five of it, God bless her soul. And uh, I can't complain because I'm doing 5% of the work, and she's doing 95% of the work. Maybe like 98% of the work. But that 2% is awful. It's just the worst. <laughs>
1: What is, what is that 2%? Is it like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find a cake or like, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't, I'm not really concerned. My, my extent of wedding planning is basically like friends or like other shows like that where they do weddings and mostly it's about like cake and the dress. So I don't really know what goes into planning a wedding beyond that.
0: For me, my task is getting addresses from people. And like posting a Facebook save the date and saying leave your address in the comments or private message me your address and everyone posts no they're not coming or my fi- my least favorite thing in the world when you post maybe you're going to an event on Facebook. <laughs> make a make a fist. Either you're going or you're not going. <laughs> like, do or do not. There is no try. Um, but nobody sends their address. It's like, did you read the thing? Did you read it? It's no. it's not it's not it's not war and peace. It's not the old testament. It's four <laughs> sentences. It's like we're 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 requesting the honor of your presence. If you can't make it on this date, we're having a reception on this date. If you can't make it on that date, there's another reception on this date. If you can't make any of them, whatever. Let us know. But send us your address so we can send you a proper invite. <laughs> I got like Fair. one I got two addresses. <laughs> Fair enough. That's about all I'm doing, and, and I'm trying to figure out. I okay, so there's a, I, I need a blue suit. I, I want to wear okay. a suit, not a tuxedo, but it's a very specific shade of blue, and I can't find it anywhere. All right, what uh, a night! What a nightmare! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm very sorry. Thank you.
2: <laughs> it's like so are we talking? Going? Is it
1: like? Is it like sky blue? Or are you looking for like, like you know, eighties prom tuxedo color blue? Or are you looking,
0: nah. for like, looking for like a? It's uh, you know, everybody, everybody on television now, every dude on TV now is wearing a blue suit. If you yes. notice, like the WWE ring announcers, the WWE regular announcers, everybody has a blue suit, color blue. It's uh, it's got almost like a a purplish t- tint to it. I just I can't I can't replicate the color. Um and I don't want to wear the same blue suit that everybody's wearing
1: right now on television. So Fair enough. Alright, I think I think they've exited the uh the floor. So
0: Alright, good times. Um yeah, like I know the dude's never gonna hear the show and nobody cares and nobody listens to this show, but uh it came up and I don't know how I've never had an opportunity to tell that story before.
1: So it's a, it's a good story. I like- think I think you also just had to drop in that you met Sarah right? Even though that was not at all <laughs> relevant to the story. <laughs> I told you <laughs> I, I was going to drop some names. It's fine. It's, I, I did. Was she wrestling on that show?
0: They brought her in. Um, yes, uh, I think she maybe she and Lance did a mix tag against Bennett and Maria um that sounds plausible they did a mixed tag with with somebody and some somehow she was involved in lance's angle so
1: (laughs) you know i mean i guess they do the women of honor show now but i was like oh don't call seeing a lot of women at a ring of honor shows just in general and also in the ring
0: no, it's a lot of sweaty dudes, and uh, yeah, at the time they weren't doing <laughs> they weren't doing women either, which is weird, um, but they, they yeah, they brought her in. Uh, I don't think it was Maria. I think it was somebody else, but um, yeah, they, they did a mixed tag, I think. Gotcha. Maybe it wasn't even Bennett. Maybe there was another time he wrestled Bennett, or he wrestled two matches on the show. I don't even remember. it doesn't matter, but and then like two weeks later, two weeks later she, signed, she signed with WWE, so
1: and the rest is history. Yeah You got to say you knew her, you knew her. You saw her in the DuBurns arena. Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, which is what I think about all the time when I see Kevin Owens walk out there and be the top heel on Raw. It's like, I saw this yep. guy wrestle in front of 200 people in that indoor soccer practice yep. field. Yep.
2: Hold life for that is what you thought. run forever I hope the world sees the same person That you always were to me and may all your favorite bands Stay together And may all your favorite bands Stay together I try to keep on keeping on